left off yesterday. And if you recall, uh, the Feast of Tabernacles is happening. Uh, Jesus' brothers had gone on down. Uh, Jesus later on follows. And when he got there, uh, we saw that the crowd was uh, speaking about Jesus. The people who were from Jerusalem uh, were aware that um, uh, well, some said that he was a good man. Other people said that he was uh, nuts, that he was leading people astray. And we found out that the Jewish leaders wanted to kill Jesus. And so a lot of the people from out of town, um, uh, they were speaking about him, but the locals uh, weren't speaking because of the fear of the Jews. Um, look at verse 14. That's where we'll jump in. But when it was now the midst of the feast, Jesus went up to the temple and he began to teach. So Jesus sneaks into the uh, festival and then when it's kind of the middle of it when it's the, the the busiest time jesus goes to the temple and begins to teach the jews uh the jews then were astonished saying how has this man become learned having never been educated see in jesus day uh to study under a rabbi was a big deal in fact uh, it was almost like there was a class system where people uh, there were people who um studied under rabbis and they were respected and then there were everyone else or the people of the land as the jews would call them um who were cursed because uh they could not keep the law with the strictness of the pharisees and, and so um uh the, to, to be educated under a rabbi would have been a big deal and they're shocked at jesus because he's using rabbinic uh, uh tools and talking points in uh, the way he teaches, um, but he was never—he's—he's he's not a disciple of another rabbi. Uh, usually, people would kind of flaunt their 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 uh, degrees to per se. They would flaunt their resume and say, "Well, I studied under so and so, and I studied under so and so, and I'm teaching in the vein of so and so." Jesus doesn't do that. Uh, Jesus just doesn't do that, and they're shocked. Although Jesus hadn't studied under a rabbi, uh, that doesn't mean that he's on his own, however. Uh, throughout the gospel, he's uh, emphatic about his dependency on the Father. Look at verse 16. So Jesus answered them, My teaching is not mine, but his who sent me. If anyone is willing to do his will, he will know of the teaching, whether it is of God or whether it is from myself or whether I speak to myself or from myself. So Jesus says, look, guys, I'm not on my own in this. I'm just doing the the teaching of the Father. Uh, I am teaching my Father's teaching. Um, and truly, if, if you knew my Father's will, then you'd be able to discern uh, whether I'm speaking of God or of myself. Now, I think that's that brings me to pause for just a moment to consider today how we might apply such a claim. Again, today, in a world where there are uh, plenty of false teachers. Sometimes it's hard to um, distinguish between what's right and wrong in their teachings. Well, Jesus says, well, he, the, the secret is um, uh, to know the will of God. For us today, that means we need to be uh, biblically literate w with whatever teacher that stands before us, whether it's in person or on the internet. We need to compare what they say to the the Word of God. That's how we distinguish between what's good and what's what's bad. Um, 
one who is centered uh, in God uh, rather than oneself is able to recognize God's voice in a teacher uh, who, who comes from God. And so our focus needs to be on being centered uh, in God. Um, uh, look at what Jesus continues to say here in verse 18. Uh, he who speaks from himself seeks his own glory, but he who is speaking from the glory of the one who sent him, he is true, and there is no unrighteousness in him. Jesus says, guys, look, I'm not speaking to, to for my own glory, uh, but you are. That's what you do. And we know that's what the, 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 the uh, uh, Jewish leaders did, the Pharisees did. They, they sought their own glory. Um, they wanted to be the best the best uh, uh, Pharisees that they could be, not for God's sake, but but so they could pat their own chests and uh, show how awesome they are. You know, we spoke briefly about the rabbinic succession plan, you know, the idea of, well, I'm a rabbi who studied under so-and-so. Jesus kind of deals with that in verse 18 as well. He says, he who speaks from himself seeks his own glory, but he who is speaking... Uh, is seeking the glory of him who sent him he is true and there's no one righteous in him he's really speaking there about the the goal of the uh, or the ideal behind the jewish rabbinic authority he who works for the honor of the one who sent him is a man of truth and there's nothing false in him that's what jesus says in verse 18 in another translation in the saying jesus is affirming the jewish view of the tradition uh, his disciples, Jesus' disciples, are to faithfully pass what they have received uh, from him. That's our command in Matthew 28, for example. Uh, Jesus said to uh, baptize and teach all nations all, all that I've taught, all that he has taught them. Um, and so Jesus' disciples and a true disciple is to share and ensure that it continues to be passed uh, whatever the teaching is continues to be passed by faithful teachers. And so the, rabbin, the, the rabbinic ideal uh, is not wrong, uh, that is to, to preach in succession, in a line of succession, uh, but it must be coupled with the heart that is open to God and in contact with God and guided by His Spirit. Um, and, you know, it's, it's this ideal that is a true test of character for the messenger. Uh, it's not a guarantee of truth of the message. Uh, that depends on the one who sends the messenger, and so if Jesus is the true messenger, passing on what has what he has received, then the opponents don't have a problem with him, but they have a problem with him, with uh, he who sent Jesus. That's God, and since God is the one who sends Jesus, the opponents really have an issue with God, and that's what we'll see here. You know the. These Jewish leaders, they trace their teaching back to Moses himself. But Jesus is going to uh, stop defending himself and start to attack their claim to Moses. Uh, look at verse 19. He says, Did not Moses give you the law? And yet none of you carries out the law. Why do you seek to kill me? Now this is a pretty powerful passage. Um, Moses was a faithful teacher who passed on what he received from God not caring for his own glory, but caring for the glory of God uh, who sent Moses. Um, the issue that Jesus has is not with Moses or with the law, uh, but it's with Jesus' opponents, um, who, who Jesus claims they don't keep the law. Now, that's a funny 
charge against Jesus' opponents because they pride themselves on keeping the law. Uh, so the question that comes out is, well, how does Jesus how does Jesus say that? How does Jesus make that claim? Jesus' claim that his opponents aren't keeping law uh, kind of turns up this heat in the debate. Um, they believe that Jesus was not keeping the law. They believe that Jesus was one that was breaking the law. And now Jesus is saying the same about him. And so Jesus is now going to bring some evidence to show why and how they failed to keep the law. And the first piece of evidence is their desire to kill him. Now, Jesus could be referring uh, to the sixth commandment uh, about murder. But something more profound, I think, is going on here. You see, from their perspective, if Jesus is a false prophet, then he deserves to die according to the law. But Jesus is actually the one of whom Moses wrote in the law. Jesus has already told us that in John chapter 1. and, and Or J- John told us that in John chapter 1. Uh, and, and Jesus said so in John chapter 5. Uh, and so their desire to put Jesus to death shows that they violate their own law because the law itself is a witness to Jesus. See, Jesus is the, is the, the one the law testifies about. And so by rejecting Jesus, they're rejecting the law. This is a pretty profound claim that Jesus makes against them. Uh, Look how Jesus uh, continues here. Um, Let's see. Jesus says, why do you seek to kill me? And the crowd says in verse 20, the crowd says, you are a demon who seeks to kill you. Now, there's a lot of debate as to who is speaking here. Who who is the crowd? Uh, Most commentators say that the crowd... Uh, are the uh, the pilgrims, the foreigners who would have been in the temple at this time, uh, not the locals. The locals knew that the Jewish leaders wanted to kill him, um, um, and so some commentators said that the pilgrims are the crowd, and so they don't know what's going on. They don't know Jesus. They don't know the squabble between uh, Jesus and the Jewish leaders, and so they just think this guy's just talking nuts. Uh, and st- you are a demon as a way some speculate of saying uh, you're you're nuts is how we would say you're nuts uh, who seeks to kill you um uh the other option is the crowd is the local jewish leaders uh who want to give reason or give account and, and make an excuse for why they will eventually kill him uh either way jesus answered in verse 21 I did one deed, and you all marvel. What's this one deed he's talking about? He's talking about when he healed the man on the Sabbath. Uh, At that, the Jewish leaders were quite upset. He says, I did one deed, and you all marvel. Verse 22, for this reason, Moses has given you circumcision, not because it is from Moses, but from the fathers. And on the Sabbath, you circumcise a man. If a man receives circumcision on the Sabbath... So the law of Moses will not be broken. Are you angry with me because I made an entire man well on the Sabbath? Jesus is talking about this procedure in which, or this this, this precedence where um, every male child would be circumcised on the eighth day. Well, what would happen if the eighth day fell on the Sabbath? Well, they would take a break from the Sabbath and perform the circumcision so that the fuller law of Moses would not be broken. See, they made uh, loopholes in uh, the law in order to keep the law. If you know, because it would be unfair and unright to 
to, to not circumcise a male boy on the eighth day uh, just because it's the Sabbath. And so they, they made allowances for that to happen. In other words, Jesus here is, is applying that same type of precedence. Uh, if you will break the Sabbath in order to heal just a part of the body or to, to perform circumcision, um, why are you angry with me for healing the whole man? In other words, he is working with that same order of precedence, and his activity on the Sabbath should be viewed uh, from that perspective rather than the, from the perspective of breaking the law. Uh, Jesus uses this how much more a type of argument which would have been common uh, in, rabbin, in rabbinic uh, literature and was comic, uh, was common uh, in, the, in that uh, setting. And so uh, look at how he finishes this argument in verse 24. He says, Do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. Uh, don't judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. Uh, Jesus takes these uh, these uh, people to task in their claims to Moses and keeping the law. And he says, "You're not keeping the law. You're self-interested, and that's how you uh, you roll." And, and, and then he finally ends with this call to judgment: uh, judge according. Don't, don't judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. Uh, this call to righteous judgment or right judgment is a challenge to each one of us as well. We're all guilty at times by judging. Uh, we're all guilty of judging by appearances at times. The only way to avoid such shallowness is to be united with God and to share in his truth about Jesus and about our own lives. And this requires that we that we desire God's will. And it's not God's will as as we imagine it, but God's will as it actually is. Not our prejudices, not our sins to, to, to tailor to it. Um, we, we need to seek God's will in what we do and how we live. And by doing that, we can judge with righteous judgment. Until we have found our own heart, which lies deeper than our emotions and deeper than our imagination, until we have found our own heart, and make contact with God there, we will be in danger of judging by appearance, by appearances instead of judging with right judgment. And so that's our challenge today as we read the words of Jesus. Uh, Jesus says, consider all things, judge all things, um, not based on what you, how you see them, but how God sees them, judge them with righteous judgment. Um, that's my prayer for me today and for you today as we pursue Jesus and try to live according to his uh, commands. Uh, thanks for joining us today. Join us tomorrow as we pick up in verse 25 of John chapter 7. God bless. Take care.